Welcome to Kaiseki Anime, where we air new episodes every other Monday. Kaiseki covers currently airing anime, older series seen recently, and other relevant topics for the season. I'm your host, Marina, of the blog Anime BNB, and with me is my co-host, Draggle, of the cleverly titled Draggle's Anime Blog. This week, we discuss bottom tier character Tomozaki with our special guest, Yotan. Welcome back, Yotan. Thanks for having me back. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, and excited to discuss what I would call a bottom tier anime. <laughs> what? Bottom tier character Tomozaki. Wow. What, why don't you tell me how you truly feel about this show? Ah. This show, it pisses me off and it just bores me. Wow. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Like, Let's do a summary and perhaps it should be from someone who doesn't look down on this show as much as you do. So to give a quick explanation of bottom tier character Tomozaki, uh, Fumiya Tomozaki is a gamer. He is very good at a game called Attack Family, shortened to Attack Fam, which is very similar to the popular Nintendo game Super Smash Brothers. So one day, Fumiya Tomozaki meets another one of his fellow online gamers in person, and it turns out to be his classmate Aoi Hinami. Aoi convinces him that although he's good at Attack fam, he should try and get better at the game known as Life, and what follows is her attempts to try and improve Fumiya Tomozaki's social life, personal life, and so on. She's supposed to be teaching him, but a lot of the work is being carried by Fumiya himself. I guess I kind of want to rewind and go back to our initial impressions of this show, because if I recall, Drago, I didn't think you disliked this show so greatly when we first watched the three, two or three episodes at the beginning. That's because I only watched two or three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> The premise has grown worn, has worn on you, right, Draggle? It has, yeah. Okay, well, my initial impressions were, like, I thought it was an intriguing approach to it, and it seemed somewhat similar to Origairu, and I thought it was refreshing the take on it, because I like it better than Origairu, but how have your opinions changed? I don't think my opinion changed that much. I, I, I think <laughs> right. I said at the time that I thought Origairu was so much better than this show. I think Oregon is a lot sharper, certainly. Wow, yeah. okay. I don't know. This one, it just bothers me because it thinks it has, like, this deep advice about life or whatever. But this this girl is just a poser. And she's, like, <laughs> teaching everyone else to pose like her as if that's supposed to make their life better. And so you're referring to Aoi, right? The classmate who's outgoing and so on. And it turns the out that blue she's... blue-haired girl. Blue-haired. Oh, Minami. No, no, no. Wait, you're right. He's the, talking about the... The red-haired girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Aoi. Yeah. Yeah. Aoi is an interesting sort. She occasionally bounces off Fumia, and usually she's trying to kind of guide him and give him lessons about. She gives him kind of challenges, like quests in a video game. You might think of them, and he has to try and accomplish them. Usually in the episode. Yeah. It's just like a one size fits all approach to like how your life should be and what is being successful at life. He occasionally pushes back a little bit. So, for example, like when he's supposed to get close to Fuka, and Fumia pretends like he know he knows the books that Fuka thinks he's reading, but it turns out that he later reveals to Fuka that no, he didn't actually know what the books were. He just was kind of using them to study while he was studying Takfam. And Aoi gets mad at him because that was his perfect opportunity to get closer to Fuka, but Fumia 
you know, argues that it would have been dishonest if he did that. I thought that was kind of an interesting clash of them. And I, I kind of wished there was a little more clashing between the two because when Fumia is just going along with what Aoi says, you know, it's very samey, like you say, when he's bouncing off of her, I think his own personality is allowed to show. Otherwise, he comes off a little thin, I think, especially compared yeah. to Origairu and Hachiman, you know, who is very sharp edged. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can disagree with you guys so much more on this show. Wow. Go what ahead. What do you think about Marina? I think Origairu's got a crappy ass character and I've never liked him that is <laughs> and I've never thought him interesting. I don't think he's sharp. I think he's just sad. He is sad. And is putting is it sad. out on everyone else around him. He ruins the atmosphere <laughs> around him. That's true. As opposed to this one where I think that you guys really seem to have a low opinion of Aoi and think she's pushing her ideals onto others, but no, she isn't. This is something that came about because of their meeting and how he was acting during their meeting. He did not have a great attitude when he found out who she was. He was immediately a little brat about it. That, oh, it's the most popular girl in the school. She won't understand like my feelings or the things I've gone through, despite the fact that she worked really hard to get where she is. And she bluntly points that out. Like, you have a shitty outlook on other people, a shitty outlook on life, but what have you tried? And you try so hard at this video game that we both love. And that's what she respects about him. She really looks up to the fact that he like practices really hard. But for you to have the shitty aspect on the people around you and, and the life that you live, what have you honestly done about it? She's blunt about it. And that's what kind of encourages him to take on the challenge of actually trying to talk to people. And yeah, it looks like it's all scripted. It looks like it's all strategy. But it kind of has to be in his case because he's not even sure how to approach it. He has no idea how to, like, get going. So she's giving him, like, an outline for what he can do. Because otherwise, he's kind of lost. He he needs help. And I'm not thinking that she's pushing him and telling him this is the only way to do it. She's just helping out this floundering guy who has (laughs) no idea where to start. And when that scene happened where you guys talked with the Fuka thing, I couldn't agree with you more, actually. Like, I think it's true that... Him approaching her with under the concept of, oh, I've been reading your books, even though he wasn't, and that her wanting to like do things with him because of that. I agree that that would be really dishonest of him. And I disagree with Aoi and her pushing him to like make that connection there. And I think it also showed a good point of his personality that he refused, right? That he was honest with Fuka and told her why he had those books. And I think him pushing back on Aoi was a great thing. And I, I do want to see more of that as well. Yeah, I suppose I should say, at least for myself, when I say that Hachiman is sharp, I mean, sharply defined. He has a very identified, well, easy to recognize outlook on life. In the same way that I would say, for example, Aoi is well-defined. Whether or not I always agree with her, I'm always entertained when she's on screen. And she is giving him a good framework because Fumiya himself is kind of unformed at this point. I guess another anime that's airing this season, which kind of reminds me of, Tomo, of Tomozaki-kun in some ways, is Mushoku Tensei, which is kind of another story about a man who is, you know, trying to to, to develop or redevelop himself in Mushoku Tensei's case, kind of with incremental steps. Given how Rudeus sometimes acts, he probably could have benefited from an Aoi Hinami of his own. Yeah, I would say that that's true, because Rudeus is doing this sort of on his own, right? He's rediscovering what he can do better, but he doesn't have anyone to guide him or to like give advice to, right? Because he's like a, a baby, a little kid. He doesn't really know the best way to approach things. His only guide was Paul, which did not help. <laughs> right. Like he doesn't have the greatest role models. And in the case of Tomozaki, you have someone who is popular, someone who is arguably successful in her connections with other people and like how she handles herself in public. And that's who's helping him. 
And again, I don't think she's telling him this is the only way to go about things. Yeah, but on the other hand, I'm not sure how successful she is. Like, how many of her friends know that she's obsessed with Super Smash Brothers? <laughs> yeah, and I think I think that should hopefully become a topic later on. Uh, I think that with that discussion about Fuka, that was like the step into that discussion about how she herself needs to address the way she acts around people. Because I think it's fine to treat life as a game, and it's fine to, like, strategize your connections with other people, but I do think she goes too far with it. And it does make me wonder, like, how many of them truly know her, right? Because only our main character, I already forgot his name, Tomazaki, only Tomazaki knows about her obsession with TechFam, right? Even I can remember that name. Since it's in the <laughs> it's title. In the title. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I remember her name. And I remember, like, a Hinami. And I remember Mimimi. Like, those are, like, cute, easy names to remember. But, yeah, no, I-, I don't think she's the perfect character either. And I hope she does, like, confront that. Like, that way that she always overanalyzes situations and other people. But I also seem to like her a lot more than you do. Well, I shouldn't yeah. say I dislike her. It's kind of interesting. I mean, it's really interesting to see her, how she, her methodical kind of strategic thinking during the election arc. For example, Fumia kind of lays out how he he thinks are the, what he thinks are the kind of the d- distinctions between him and Aoi. Um, Aoi is very she goes step by step. She works really hard to try and improve aspects of herself that aren't very strong. She takes ideas from other people and applies them to herself. Whereas Fumia characterizes seems to characterize himself as kind of emphasizing his own strengths, trying right. to become better at what he does, what he already does well. Which is I think is kind of an interesting to see how the characters which I think is an interesting way to describe how the characters got to where they were at the start of the series, because Fumia is, you know, he's very good at tack fam because he's already good at tack fam, but he has trouble improving himself in other areas without Aoi and other characters help. Whereas Aoi is very good, you know, at a, a broad range of things. She just can't quite make that final step to beat Fumia at tack fam because he's such a specialist. Right. And so when, when dealing with Fuka, for example, you know, there's two different ways you can approach it. One with Aoi, one with with Aoi, where you kind of look at what Aoi likes and then mold yourself to that. Whereas Fumia is kind of being honest with her, doing what he does well, you know, being very straightforward and kind of a gentle personality rather than trying to mold himself. And it's it's interesting to see how the two approaches work out in practice with, with Fuka, I think. Yeah. And the way that the show, I think, chose, I don't know if this is true to the original source material, the way that they chose to have him go his own route and not follow Hinami's instructions, I think speaks promise to his improvement as a character and possibly her confronting, you know, the way that she is. I don't know if we're going to see more of that. I don't know if either of you are familiar with the source material and all. No, not at all. Not at all. Similarly, so for example, kind of broadening out to the other characters, there's Mimimi, uh, Minami Nanami, who is popular and goes with the flow, but is kind of one step below Aoi. Uh, her backstory is about being jealous of Aoi's accomplishments on her basketball team, beating them in the final round of a tournament, and then kind of playing catch up in the school presidency athletic activities. She works really hard too, but she kind of has trouble doing it as methodically as Aoi, which is why she relies on Fumia to be the brain. And it was interesting to me in the election arc to see the clash between Fumia and Minami because Fumia has his own way of going about things, you know, looking at the actual steps required to reach the goal, whereas Minami might know generally what she needs to do. She just has trouble with all the little details required to get there. I think they were a good pairing. And 
for that election process, right? So I think like Hinami suggesting that was a, a good view on her part, knowing that they would work well together. And I actually also found Mimimi's whole arc very interesting um, and very, I don't know, sympathizing, compelling, like that feeling of always being second best or like not quite good enough. I think they portrayed that pretty well. Did you catch up on that part of the arc, Draggle? Uh, maybe. <laughs> How far are you? Like, do you, where do you I, remember? I'm uh, to the second to last episode. But I, uh, this show just like kind of bores me, bores me, and I like zone out a little bit. I know that, uh, the, uh, I got to where they finished the student council election and she lost. Right. But then it goes beyond that, as if that was what was sort of uh, the step, I don't know how to call it, like, it, it pushes Mimimi to keep trying and pitting herself against Hinami, like, going beyond what she is physically and mentally prepared for, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word. Prepared? Capable of? How would you describe it, Hyoin? Like, I, I think she's pushing herself too far. Yeah, it's like her friend Tama says that Mimi is an overworker. And she, she won't really be satisfied until she she gets what she wants. Um, and, right. you know, it's in her social situations, it's usually kind of subsumed because she'll go with, with the flow. I mean, that is what she wants. She doesn't really want that conflict. You know, I have to wonder if part of the reason she doesn't want that conflict is because th- this is the outcome that she'll reach, that she kind of has this monomaniacal drive to keep pushing herself. Right. But, yeah, the the election is really just kind of one part of, Mina, of Mimimi's life. Her whole striving to try and beca- to try and become the best at something. Um, something I thought that was interesting, though, in, in the context of the whole bottom tier Tomozaki show, is that all the characters, you know, have their flaws. Aoi herself is a very good generalist, you know, excellent at student council and relations, but she's not. She wants to be the best at Tak Fam. Fumia now wants to be better at life, and he's jealous of everyone, even though Tak Fam is popular. And by being the best at it, at it people will try and actually like challenge him to become the best themselves. <laughs> My favorite guy is that blonde kid. Like, <laughs> well, why does he care so much about losing a Super Smash Bros? I'm a, I'm so embarrassed for him. I don't understand why you're embarrassed for him. This is not, it's not embarrassing to like really love something and want to be good at it. I mean, I find him similar to me, me, me. It's that, embarrassing if you like hold a grudge over it for months and you start crying in front of all your friends. Did he actually like cry in front of them? Like out of frustration though, right? Like wasn't it just frustration at all the hard work that he put into it? And then still failing. Like, people do that with everything. People who are serious about sports will work as hard as they can. And then they'll get to, like, the match. And they'll lose. And they'll cry. Like, that is frustrating. That's human. I guess. Putting it to a game and being, like, frustrated because he he's not as good as he wants to be at a game. It's a little demeaning, actually. And that was Fumia's point, right? That he put in the work. He, you know, worked on all the getting all the tools they needed to do and managed to, like, take one stock from Fumia which is kind of a big deal because Fumio. Yeah, really I think that's right. commendable to to have done that. I don't know. I, if I were <laughs> the main character, I wouldn't want to play him in Super Smash Brothers. Get good. But that's because you're not at the skill that level that they are, Drago. Like you don't care about the game like they do. This is like their hobby, their passion. You don't try like they do. So you're kind of reminding me of the girls, the girls who were like looking down on them for caring this much. Maybe. I mean, I don't like Donald them for caring. I just like... You said you were embarrassed of him, which is kind of demeaning. I'm embarrassed because he like seems to have no respect for the other guy. He like won't even talk to him. He just like, again, again, mm, again. That's the part I do think is a character flaw, right? I think that that is also rude to your opponent. 
Yeah. Um, but maybe like that's that's also human. Honestly, people sometimes people just don't know how to treat other people. Right? They can't be good losers. Like they can sometimes be sore losers. Yeah, he's a sore loser. But I I do think they all could learn from the Origairu Ori character <laughs> and just uh, not caring so much and uh, pissing everyone off and just not worrying about it. Be cool, guys. Just be cool. <laughs> I mean, I think balance is good. Like, going too far to the point to where you're, like, not talking to other people. Uh, yeah, that is going too far. But I also don't look down on, like, passion and trying to do your best and being disappointed at not getting the results you want. And I think that passion is actually really important to Tomozaki-kun, the anime, because everyone in the show has things they're passionate about. And in the Fumia's case, when the girls see... um I forget who it was. I guess it was maybe Shuji, the blonde guy who was playing uh, Tac Fam against Fumia and losing over and over again. You know, Fumia has a very different view about this than the girls because the girls see it, as said, you know, it's kind of embarrassing. Like, why are you just beating your head against this wall when you know you're going to lose? But Fumia loves Tac Fam. So for him, you know, someone expressing a lot of enough love in the game to keep playing even though they're losing is really admirable. That's something to be praised. Because it means that this person, Shuji, recognizes the beauty of the game, that they'll play it even if he's going to lose. Right. So I think that's an interesting contrast between, say, Minami, who's doing this to beat Aoi rather than necessarily just... For love of those hobbies it's themselves, right? Like running. Right, which is kind of the conclusion, I guess, uh, Drago will, will get here, um, that what's important is the fact that Tommy, Tama, you know, really cares about Minami, even though she may not be the best at sports or student elections, whatever that is. That's her passion. And that's something that's admirable on its own. Yeah. I thought it was interesting with Mimi and me, how she like, doesn't understand what propels Hinami and seems to like, not understand that Hinami does these things, not just to be like a number one in them. I think, I think Hinami truly enjoys studying truly enjoys running truly enjoys like the competition which Mimi fails to understand right for her these are more i think activities that they're just a, me- a way of measuring her own value against against Aoi and part of Minami- Mimi's growth is recognizing what what she truly likes doing which kind of relates you know yeah. to Fumia's whole strategy of i am passionate about x because uh, that's what I really like. I really like to do X and that's what I'm going to pursue rather than, you know, generalizing yourself. Yeah. I still think they should chill out about <laughs> high school sports, but it is a bit much. Just for them. I mean, everyone has a right to like what they like. They do. Speaking of passions, I think Fuka is actually pretty interesting because she's been on kind of the outside looking in of all of the stories, but she herself is observant enough, for example, to notice that Minami is like kind of pushing herself to do all these activities um she's, she's clearly smart she knows like how to write she wants fumia to read her novels and she seems to act actively like fumia on her own right i think she liked him before he even started making these changes right like she noticed him before he started taking on the challenges that hinami was giving him right because she already knew that he was in the library and she was watching him even though he wasn't doing what she <laughs> thought he was doing <laughs> so she's kind of an, another person who's kind of passionate about her own interests and right. in that sense, you know, I kind of wonder where we're going to go with Aoi and Fumia because Aoi doesn't really need to push Fumia in certain ways, but Aoi being Aoi is going to pu- is going to push Fumia in certain ways. And at the end of the latest episode, for example, Fumia is talking with Fuka very naturally, and then he tries to switch topics to things that 
Fuka would like. And Fuka immediately says, you know, sometimes you're really easy to talk to, but sometimes you become really hard to talk to, which is when Fumia is putting on kind of the strategy and the artifice. Oh, is that how you interpreted it? Because I was a little confused about what way she exactly meant that phrase. It's a very ambiguous statement, isn't it? I thought it was ambiguous. I was like, what parts does she think are easy and what parts does she think are difficult? Because they don't explicitly say Right. So does she mean like what I think you're implying, Hilton, that she finds him easier to talk to when he's just like sort of speaking naturally like he was when they first sat down and started eating? Right. When he was like gushing on about I don't even remember what he was gushing on about the film, the books. And then when he like transitioned to like his his um points that he had written up earlier, is that the part that she thought was difficult or was it the other way around? That was my impression. But Fumi himself is fairly confused about it. So we might see more clarification later. Yeah. To bring it kind of back to Origairu, you know how in Origairu it was the search for the authentic thing? That seems like what's kind of going on with Fuka and Fumia. You know, what is what what, what is the real meaning of authenticity when dealing with other people? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Fuka is my favorite. <laughs> She's a good one. I'm not so surprised about that. She's a good kid. <laughs> She's very chill. She is pretty chill. And I, I thought it was kind of funny, that little part where the, the texting thing, right? Or Hinami's like, oh, she's slow to respond. But she wasn't to <laughs> Tomozaki, right? Like he texted her and like almost immediately she responds to him. So I was like, that's a that's always a good sign. Fuka knows what Fuka wants and she, nothing is going to stop her from getting that. Right. And I think that also is sort of leaning more towards supporting his genuine way of approaching things. Mm-hmm. Right. And like applauding his honesty with Fuka as opposed to the more strategic approach by Hinami. And I think Fuka's a little unique in that. The other characters, except for maybe Tama, would probably put up with Fumia uh, kind of fudging the truth or skirting or kind of trying to adopt social mores, but Fuka really doesn't care. She doesn't care, right? And she's gonna she's gonna look further than that. So if I had to pick a you know favorite character, it'd probably be Tama. She's a very very much a side character, but she plays a key role in dealing with Miyanami. She has good scenes with Fumia. They're both kind of very kind of blunt characters. Fumia doesn't like to lie. Tama definitely doesn't like to lie. I I liked their interactions. Tama is interesting that you bring up because when you put Tama in the same sentence as Minami, you have the whole (laughs) controversial way that they deal with each other, right? Yeah, Minami's really hands-on, isn't she? How do you guys feel about that? Uh, It's kind of weird when they lick each other. (laughs) <laughs> what is up with the licking? I've, I I don't understand the appeal. I feel like it's a fetish of the writer or something. It has to be, right? I think it's fine to be close to other female friends or any friends. Like, I think that's that's normal. Like, people have, like, this desire to be emotionally and physically close to one another. But to, like, lick someone, that's very intimate. <laughs> <laughs> to, like, lift up their shirt and lick their sweat and then talk about how the sweat tastes different than normal today. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, Marina. I am not trying to <laughs> lick your sweat. What the fuck, In case you were worried. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how I feel about this. In fact, to me, it looks like like repeated assault on Mimimi's parts, right? And at first, it's just like super uncomfortable. And then they try to like play it off as like a friend thing, right? That this is something that they are both doing to try to be closer to one another. It's something that Hinami helped cooked up, right? Because Mimimi is like, there's this girl in my class who no one talks to. What do I do? And then Hinami's like, well, try to be closer to her. (laughs) And this was her solution, right? Weird conclusion to come to. But other than that, if we can, like, 
cut all that out, I don't think the show would lose anything if we cut out the physical aspect. I, I thought the licking was the most memorable part <laughs> of this show. Oh, uh, so you think it would be even less memorable if they removed it? Yes. Yes. It's important character. I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't go so far as to say I, I like the licking, but it's definitely <laughs> memorable. It wasn't boring, right? Yes. But I think they could have still made it interesting if it was really just more about, like, their emotional connection of just talking to one another, of spending time with one another. I don't get why they need to have the whole licking thing other than, like you said, as a point of interest for people <laughs> into that. Yeah, I think what they should do instead is they should do a toothbrushing scene. Oh, my Like goodness. in Monogatari. Now, that would be intimate. Yeah. Wow. But anyway, my least favorite character is Hinami. Well, obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I guess if I had to pick a favorite, I'd pick uh, Fuka. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You said you liked Fuka. She's a good girl. Yeah. She she's very passionate about things, but she doesn't have to show it off to everyone. Mm. Wait, the way you said that makes me think that you have the opinion that Hinami is a show off. Well, are you just are you just saying that it has nothing to do with Hinami? A little bit. Like she wants to be the she wants to be popular, right? She wants to be the president. She wants to I don't think that has anything to do with showing off. I think that has to do with her own personal drive to be the best at everything that she can be the best at. But she wants to do that publicly, whereas Fuka, she can be the best at how reading. How can you not do it publicly? <laughs> Tell me how you can become the best at something that involves other people that isn't going to be public, Draggle. You can go running by yourself. And she does go running by herself. What do you mean? <laughs> She runs in the rain by herself. No one's following her. She comes to school before everyone else on her own. No one's asking her to do that. I think you're just looking for things now that'll dislike about her. Maybe. She needs to go solo camping like the Yuru campers. Like, what do you want her to do? Go out in the middle of the night? Go out into the countryside (laughs) so no one can see her trying to be her best? Maybe. I don't know. I don't like what I don't like. You don't like what you don't like. You are right about that. And I don't like her. <laughs> you have a right to dislike whoever you want. Okay, I dislike her. Okay. Uh, so, Marina, who was your favorite character? Yeah. I obviously really like Hinami. Oh, that's fair. Just because I think it's cool that she knows what she wants and she strives for it. And that is admirable, in my opinion, <laughs> even though I think she doesn't always go about it the correct way. Like I do prefer Tomozaki's more genuine approach to people. But I also applaud her own, like, self-motivation. But I also really like Fuka. Mm. I think Fuka is down-to-earth. She's sweet. She's direct. And I really like that about her. I want I want there to be a sequel about Hinami's midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm hoping for at the end of the show, honestly, because... Wait, how many episodes is this slotted for? Just one season. I think uh, we're almost near the end. 12 episodes? Oh, boy. I, I, I would really like there to be some sort of conflict or for Hinami to sort of confront her own failings, but I don't know if they can fit that in the final episodes. Yeah. Because we've seen Tomozaki's growth as a person, and I think that he's he's improved quite a lot, and he's become more self-confident with Hinami's assistance and his own, like, hard work. And we've seen, like, other characters sort of go through their arcs, but we haven't really seen Hinami change, right? No. No. Something to look forward to. Yeah. What about you, Hyoin? Likes, dislikes. Oh, character I like. Uh, so I think I mentioned Tama, you know, the, the blunt friend of Minami. Um, in terms of characters I don't like, it's probably one of the, the male friends of Fumia, just because they aren't drawn quite as interestingly as, as the girls. It's a genre thing, I think, you know, for the audience. 
but I'd have to say I don't really dislike anyone. Unlike something like Origairu, for example, where I think I had very specific likes and dislikes. I think the characters here fit together in as like puzzle pieces, even if even if maybe the overall puzzle is a little too is a, l- a little more drab than say Origairu. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's a very refined work in that sense. Okay. I know you. We've been comparing this a lot to Oragaira and how you guys think that uh, Oragaira is like maybe more sharply written, or you just prefer the characters overall in that one. But then I think you also have made comparisons to Bunny Girl Senpai, right? Yeah, I've seen a lot of comparisons online to the other high school relationship light novels that were adapted into anime, and it seems like Tomozaki isn't taking off quite as much as as those ones. I think Tomozaki, the series, you know, it's it's very nice for lack of a better word the adapt adaptation itself is fairly staid it's not like adashima last season adachi shimamura where it's very visually inventive you know with the space metaphor Mm -hmm. no aliens no magic like in no adolescent syndrome like in bunny girl senpai but the hero is also not really as flashy as like mushoku tensei airing this season or origairu in previous seasons and while he might be i while I, i like him he's a nice guy He's not quite as memorable in that sense. It's hard to... He also has kind of the gamer stigma attached to him, and the series has a lot of gamer metaphors, which I I personally think are really interesting, seeing the strategy and seeing how things fit together in the series. Like, discussing it with... uh, On the podcast today here, here, for example, I have a much better understanding, I think, of why the series is the way it is. But because it takes that little bit of, you know extra work to put into it's kind of hard for people to latch onto it as a seasonal okay yeah i was kind of curious you know like why this one would maybe be less successful than those two or like less liked than those two but that does make sense and i don't think it's because it's not as good (laughs) (laughs) that's your opinion (laughs) dragon i was going to say it doesn't mean it's not as good but i think other people would beg to differ so we'll leave it at that (laughs) i beg to differ (laughs) Well, okay, I'll make it clear that while I did not like Aragairo at all, I really, really liked Bunny Girl Sampai. Yeah, same. So, any final thoughts on uh, this particular show, Tomazaki? I'm looking forward to where it goes and how it ends up. So, Yeah, me too. I want to see like how they wrap this up, and I'd like to see Hinami have a little bit more development. So get her come up and struggle. I can't wait. I want to see her cry. <laughs> Tune in again to Kaiseki Anime Podcast two weeks from now. Please feel free to send us questions or comments on Twitter with hashtag Kaiseki Anime Podcast or on our individual accounts at Draco underscore Kuhn and at Anime BNB. You can also find me on Twitter at Kyoton1, H-Y-O-T-O-N-1. Thanks for joining us, Kyoton. Listening review us on Apple Podcasts so we can t- continue to grow and improve. You can also find us on Google Play and Spotify. Thanks for listening. See you next time.